Hey guys, Jason again with my co-host Rich, and we're in Victory Brand Studios, and on today's episode, we are going to talk about Daniel Penny. It's not always fun and games for first responders. Zero five central, you show me in pursuit. But sometimes it is. Oh my God, he's not wearing pants again. Sometimes it's dangerous. Flipping around, look out, look out, look out. Sometimes it's not. Antler Boulevard for a snake in a house. And sometimes it's just plain stupid. Chihuahua in his lap on a lawnmower. This is the stupid side of first response. Do I really have to go to that? This is code 0.5. Come in 0.5. Okay, for uh, anyone that's been living under a rock for the last few weeks, um, when I'm talking about the, or Daniel Penny, he's a, and I didn't know this, you don't call them ex-Marines. No. They're former Marines. Mm. I, I was corrected on that before. But anyway, former Marine Daniel Penny uh, placed an individual into a uh, submission move or chokehold. And this person's name is Jordan Neely uh, because he was, I guess, verbally assaulting people on the train, on the subway train, saying that he would didn't care. He was going to. You know, he'd kill whoever, he'd take a bullet if the cops show up, and uh, he was going to assault people. And he started to get louder and then was like, you know how you can tell when somebody's going to be like physically abusive, where they're getting close, their mm-hmm. fists are clenched up. Well, at that point, I guess this is when this the mar- this Marine, this Daniel Penny, grabbed a hold of the guy and put him in a chokehold. To go to sleep. Yeah. And I don't have the video right up here, but uh, uh, Penny puts him in a chokehold, and I guess they kind of wrestled around, and they go to the ground. Well, the Marine is laying on his back, and he's holding uh, Neely in front of him in this chokehold. Mm-hmm. And he holds on to him long enough till the guy stops struggling. And he knows at that point when he stops, mm-hmm. he's rendered him unconscious. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you've been – had that training like in law enforcement, they'll teach you how to do that. And when you do that to a person, we've actually, I don't know if you guys, they demonstrated it in front of you guys, mm-hmm. but the instructors put one of them in this, uh, this, I guess you call it chokehold, but it's not a choke. It's not even really a chokehold. It's, it's not like he's taking away his air. He's just removing the blood from the, like he's stopping yeah. the blood flow. He slows or stops the blood mm-hmm. flow to the brain. Yeah, and it, it dude was out, and he can still breathe. But yeah, whenever you do that and they go unconscious, you have it's like three to six seconds mm-hmm. where you can grab the guy and then put handcuffs on him before he comes wakes back up. And it was crazy because the guy was sitting there, he held his arms up in front of him, and then all of a sudden his arms drop and he just goes limp. Mm-hmm. And then I started kind of counting. It was like four seconds later, and he kind of perks back up, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like. Because the blood flow came back. Yeah. But, you know, that's, and I know here in Oklahoma, that's not something that we can do unless we've had the specialized training in it. Because, I mean, if you do it wrong, you could hurt somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's what he did to the guy. And then I guess, I don't know if it was because of the drugs he was on or what was going on with him, but the guy ended up dying. Hmm. I wonder if there's a toxicology report back on that. I, I doubt it. Is that freaking dude's name? Uh, 
Well, Jordan, Jordan. Neely is the uh, the guy that died. He's the dude that was attacking the people. And then uh, Daniel Penny is the Marine. But um, all the they uh, the articles I've read when they've talked to the the people that were on the train, they were talking about how this. Uh, Marine is a hero, how they felt very uncomfortable and uh, they didn't feel safe. And then a lot of the passengers were saying that they don't feel safe being on the subway and that, you know, there's not much transportation, I guess, that or other alternatives that they could take. Um, some of the people that are like, oh, outraged by what? this. This is from the New York Post. Uh-huh. Sorry. It says, because I was looking up the toxicology report, and then this thing said it had something about the report or whatever. It says, the city medical examiner has ruled the death of a homeless man choked by a Marine on the subway earlier this week a homicide as prosecutors mold whether to press, pursue charges. Jordan Neely's cause of death was a compression of the neck and chokehold, and the manner constituted homicide, according to the medical examiner. Neely was reportedly homeless and having a mental episode aboard an F train in Lower Manhattan Monday when another strap hanger jumped in to restrain him, according to the police and witnesses. The wannabe, they're calling him a vigilante, identified as 24-year-old Marine uh, yeah, from Queens, took down Neely from behind and placed him in a chokehold for 15 minutes. No, that's not true. That's not. There's no way. Yeah. So Neely passed out when EMS arrived. They were unable to revive him medical examiner ordered additional testing after completing the initial autopsy to further examine the tissue on Neely's neck. And the other thing is, too, is after he released the guy when he went limp, he put him in the recovery position. Said uh, law enforcement sources said Neely had numerous arrests on his record, including drugs, disorderly conduct, and fair beating. Uh, that he And he had been living on the streets with a recorded history of mental illness. Then why, oh, why... Are we just allowing these people to go? So it's, that's the thing that gets me is that the, the mental illness thing, like, I mean, if you know, you've got somebody with like a serious history like that, you know what I mean? Multiple charges and multiple things going on. Like, do they not do court ordered like mental health court? Uh, yeah, they do. And he was actually ordered to go. Okay, why wasn't he, you know, they had to have had contact with him before he, he'd get picked up. He skipped a court date that was involved with that and then stopped showing up to his mental health, whatever. So there was a warrant for his arrest. Mm. But it says here, uh, and people, I guess, sympathize with him because he's a Michael Jackson impersonator. Who is? This, uh, the vagrant. Oh, which I don't know what that means. Was he messing around with little children or was he trying to dance like him or what? But it says on here, um, he's been arrested dozens of times, including most recently for vicious assaults on subway riders. It says in 2021, he was he socked a 67-year-old woman that exited the Bowery Station. The woman sustained a broken nose, a fractured orbital bone, and bruising, swelling, and substantial pain to the back of her head. Okay, native New Yorker and Brooklyn resident Lizzie No called the lack of charges an outrage. She said, and I quote, New Yorkers don't deserve to be killed for just being poor. 
He wasn't killed because he was poor. No. I don't, the, the thing about it is, is dude didn't even mean to do what he did. I mean, I'm just, just, I can't, I don't understand how they're trying to turn somebody who did, what'd you say, broken old woman's orbital socket yeah. into a hero. And then say it says that when he broke her, that woman's face, uh, he pleaded guilty to felony assault. Oh, here we go. Here's, here's where it gets good. Many protesters said the city should invest in social services and mental health support instead of boosting the NYPD budget and pushing more cops into the subway system as police failed to prevent Neely's death. How did we fail? How did, how did the police fail? Because we didn't get there soon enough to arrest a guy before someone else took matters into their hands. It was I mean, on a how moving you train. On a moving train. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Nobody hit the emergency stop. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, it says, um, so he pled guilty to felony assault on February 9th in exchange for a 15-month alternative to incarceration program, according to Manhattan District Attorney, Manhattan District Attorney. He was supposed to stay in a treatment facility and abstain from drugs. It says if he had completed the program, the felony assault would have been reduced to a misdemeanor, but he skipped a compliance court date and left the facility. And a warrant was issued for his arrest on February 23rd. Mm. Says a troubled man has a history of mental health, mental illness, and drug addiction. He did. Yeah, and it says he had a difficult upbringing. Uh, well, I will go ahead and I'll go with you on that because it says in a tragic twist of fate, Neely was choked to death just as his mother was in 2007 when he was only 14. Christine Neely, who was then 36, was killed and stuffed into a suitcase, which was dumped on the Henry Hudson Parkway on April 7, 2007. So the guy probably had did have some serious issues, which then turned into like this. This is usually the the chain of events. Serious issue, serious trauma, serious problem. You can't get no help or they just they just don't. So then they go into substance abuse and the self-medication, which on top of the mental illness that he had and all the other things he had going on is going to lead to. You know, the thing that he did to do that. But you said that uh, in the thing you saw, he was like, yeah, I don't care if police come anyway. It seemed to me like he was I mean, yeah, he, he was going to be a on a T-shirt one yeah. way or the other. Listen to this. From January 2020 to August 2021, he was arrested uh, for public lewdness after pulling down his pants and exposing himself to a female. My hero. A misdemeanor assault for hitting a woman in the face and a con criminal contempt for violating a restraining order. All three cases were dismissed as part of his February 9th plea deal. So he was already in trouble for the new felony he got, another felony, and then two misdemeanors. So they just did away with all the others and then let him take a plea deal, which could get busted down to a misdemeanor if he completed everything. Yeah. So we got serious, serious felonies that are getting busted down into... Basically, our equivalent, what would that be, like drug court? Yeah. Probably. Said, And then he had a, they said he violated and he didn't show up to court. Mm -hmm. So then they issued, yeah, so it would be like our version of drug court here. That's what we call it. It says in June 2019, Neely attacked, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name. Uh, Filman, Filman, Baltazar, who was 68. So attacked this person, and uh, uh, the person was quoted as a saying, just out of nowhere, he punched me in the face. So here's the pattern I'm seeing. He attacks women and old people. Yeah. 
So it's uh, obviously, I mean, it's easier for him to overpower Holy women crap. and old people. One month prior to that, he hit a man so hard in the face that he broke his nose on the platform uh, of the Broadway Lafayette station, the same subway stopped where he died four years later. And nope. then those two assault cases that I mentioned, uh, he pled guilty and had to take six months in jail. Six months. Yeah. Six months. But when it, in totality of all of it, in the last 10 years, he's been arrested 42 times. And all they're pretty violent, all of them. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, loitering or, I mean, you know, if he, being a vagrant, you know, he's probably going to be panhandling. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't arrested for panhandling or being a vagrant or sleeping in the subway when he didn't have no other place to go. He was arrested because he was cracking people in the in the face and, and showing his. Yeah, he does have mental health issues, but with as violent as he is, when's enough enough? He doesn't though? need to be in public. No, that's what I'm saying. When is enough enough? I guess when you hit your 45th time in New York, that's when they do something. And we blame and we blame this guy because they said they didn't have any statements from anybody about this stuff. And the thing that I read, that's what I'm trying to see. I mean, it just, it just blows my mind how, how subway chokehold victim Jordan Neely was self-medicating with K2. And for those of you that don't know what K2 is, it's basically, basically a synthetic type of marijuana. So it's, it's a smokable plant or herb, and it's basically put on giant four by eight sheets of plywood and they have this pump sprayer full of BS chemicals and they spray it. That guy right there, I'm showing Rich a picture of right after he released the guy. That's the Marine that's standing up, and then that's the vagrant. And that's yeah, he did the put him in a recovery position. position. Yeah. He did. So there was nothing, I mean. He didn't stand there and start clocking him in the face. No. But uh, on the K2, they, they basically put this crap. Uh, it's made in a warehouse somewhere and packaged, but they, they put this herb on the like basically on a sheet of plywood and guys with these pump sprayers run around and just spray chemicals on it and we actually watched a video of it in academy about how this stuff is made and you got one where this guy's like basically like watching uh like a tiktok video or maybe a youtube video or something and he's first he's kind of spraying and spraying and moving back and forth and then you can see he gets engrossed in whatever it is he's watching and he leaves the sprayer just in one area and that's where there's like a high concentration is going to be of whatever chemical or crap that they're spraying on this stuff. And then, you know, people are smoking it. And as actually on another K2 vein, I've actually, I had one, a DUID and this was, it's been a couple years back, but the guy was swerving, almost hit a couple cars head on. And so I light him up and he, he whips into the gas station. I go up there to go talk to him. And when I walk up, man, he's immediately like, you can tell something ain't right. I mean, his eyes were blood shot. I thought dude was drunk. I was like, here we go. Like I'm peeling out and I'm going to SFST him. So I ask him to step out of the car. And when I do, he kicks his leg out the door and then this pipe falls and hits the ground. And he looks up and he's like, Oh shit. And, uh, so I'm like, yeah, come on, let's go. So I get him back there anyway, come to find out, you know, uh, he was smoking spice or K2 and I ran it up and it got dismissed because it wasn't like a recognized, wasn't like a recognized substance Oh yeah, because there was no threshold of impairment. 
you know what I'm saying, for this substance. But this guy, I mean, that was like, you know, the multiple 911 calls you had about this guy coming into town, weaving and swerving into traffic and hitting curbs and all that crap. That That's not enough, you know, to tell somebody's impaired. But I don't know. Yeah, and this, the Marine Penny uh, turned himself in. Uh, he had a $100,000 bail, and he bonded out. And I guess there's a bunch of people that started. There's something kind of like GoFundMe, but it's a different organization that they set up for him to pay for his attorney fees and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess Kid Rock donated $5,000 to the guy. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just. He didn't enter a plea, but he was released after posting the $100,000 bail set by the judge. And he was also ordered to surrender his passport within 48 hours. Right. But, and I'm trying to look it up because, like, in Oklahoma, we have manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Well, in New York, I guess they have different degrees. Oh, yeah. They've got like A. You know, like eight. Says he's facing mm-hmm. felony charge of second degree manslaughter. And basically, what manslaughter is, is like you were involved in an incident and somebody died, but that it was clearly by accident. You had no intentions to try to kill the person. Yeah. And I guess that's what people are pissed about is because they think what he was doing, he had full intentions to kill the guy. But when you put somebody in submission move, you're not trying to kill them. No. I mean, the man wasn't. And in the picture you showed me, the guy wasn't, like, still on him. Yeah. You know, while they were checking him or in a recovery position, like, he had stood up and had stepped away. So, I mean, he, he showed restraint. But. And here's the other thing is it says. Uh, it sh- I shouldn't get to the point where somebody dies. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you got something like that going on. I mean, if that's your wife or your kids, you know what I'm saying, or your grandma or your grandpa on that subway train and you got somebody that's like that. I mean, the Penny dude didn't even know he was that violent. Had no idea. Yeah, he didn't know anything about the guy. But um, uh, riding on the same... It says, Neely and Penny were riding on the same subway car when Neely began shouting... That he was hungry and thirsty. Several witnesses observed Neely making threats and scaring passengers. Uh, Assistant District Attorney Josh whatever said, reading from the bail application court. Uh, says he approached him from behind. He continued to oh, put him in a chokehold. Then it says he was assisted by two additional passengers. So if he was assisted by two additional passengers and this is what's happened, what about them? They're not going to do nothing to him. Yeah, then they would be considered. That's probably where they did that, um, getting him in the recovery position and all that crap, rolling him over. And Oh, it's the fundraiser is called Give, Send, Go. Mm. And it's for his legal fund. I don't know, man. Uh, he's already raised $370,000. The website uh, bills itself as a Christian fundraising platform that has supported several divisive right-wing cases that include fundraisers for January 6th defendants and Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, so they defend people that basically have done nothing wrong. 
seeing like and on this and everything that I find trying to find the toxicology report it says it's not back yet. So I'm gonna have to make a note to keep checking and find out what exactly we were at, if it was just K two or what. I'm sure there was I'm sure there was probably more. He was hungry, thirsty, but he had enough to get go buy spice, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to... Where did I find that picture at that I sent to you? i tell you what I do know, though. What? If you go to any of the locations, Victory Vapor, and you mention Code 0.5 Podcast, they're going to hook you up with some, some money off your juice. Oh, yeah, I've been telling people about yeah. that. You got Men's Monday, Women's Wednesday, and was it Senior Saturday or Sunday? I'm, I'm a little fuzzy um, on that one, but it's 15% off. So make sure you mention the podcast, code 0.5. Mention how awesome Jason is. And then they charge you extra. Yeah. yeah. I'm just reading through this article. I'm trying to think, man. I haven't. I just, I don't know, man. I can't. I just. And we, I mean, we see that, we see that a lot of that where, you know, you have something going on and the person, the person that, you know, they do something or there's, you know, an assault or, you know, some kind of damage or something, damage to property. And so you got to write it up and do it, you know, and normally our district attorneys will call and try to find out a little bit about what's going on. They don't just take everything at face value. They want to know who the person is like, is this an ongoing thing? You know, what are we looking at here? Because they want to know ours, at least try to figure out what they need to do, you know. But, you know, and in certain cases, it's it's like, man, I don't think the person really needs like jail. You know, I think I think they really do need mental health help. And apparently the thresholds for that are extremely hard for them to. To even kick it off into mental health court. And that's like uh, whenever you turn in your paperwork to them and stuff it'll lot one of the things on uh your affidavit you fill out asks if they've had any uh uh felony convictions and then you put yes and then like on my like whenever i do it i put in there yeah they've had and then it'll ask how many and you can put how many and then you'll i'll put in there that you know this person's been convicted of this this and that in the past especially if it relates to what i'm the Mm -hmm. report is about right which you know that's a that's another thing i've been hearing a lot from people is how they say uh i'm pressing charges or whatever Mm -hmm. well you file a report and people don't know this they don't press charges the district attorney does that yeah he makes that decision so you can file it yeah you file it we turn it in he looks at it. And then he makes, you know, he... Determination. Basically, he makes sure that all the criteria is met for the crime. Yeah. And then make sure there's substantial evidence and mean yeah. reviews it and makes sure everything is exactly what it is and then mm-hmm. goes from there. There's a, there's a set of deals that we have that we have to go by. You know, there's certain criteria that has to be met in order for it to do. Yeah. And if it's if it's not, I mean, it may suck, and you may have one or two of the five elements that you've got to have. I mean, you can still write it up and try to throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. But without, yeah, and, and it'll say in there because, like, <clears throat> if you were to 
have to go serve on a jury. Ooh. They give you uh, this form or this paper that has the uniform jury instructions. The Ouija's. And then it'll say, like, did it for the criteria is it'll say like that the person willfully committed this. Yeah. Willfully. Well, if they didn't willfully do it, it was all on accident or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, then it doesn't meet that criteria. So then the, but I mean, it stops right there. Mm-hmm. So, but if it does meet that criteria and then it goes down to the next one, well, mm-hmm. did this, this and that happen? If it does and you go down to the next one, I mean, mm-hmm. there could be, I think I've seen like five as the most on there, mm-hmm. but then there's also some where there's just two. Did they do this and did they do that? Mm-hmm. Well, then there's a mo- enough for the crime. That's and you get that. You know, they did this and this and any combination of A through C in this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, it's just it's it's a it's a mess. And like now, we're in the past. You know. Uh, we didn't have this, but it's back again. But it's like if you're unsure if you should even write, you know, for that warrant or whatever, and then you can talk to your district attorney and then he'll say, well, no, you can't because it doesn't have it doesn't quite meet this or, mm-hmm. you know, and then he's going to know because he's probably tried this case or mm-hmm. tried cases like it. Mm-hmm. But anyway you got any more you want to put on that man i got nothing well good that's what i like to hear absolutely nothing but i think i uh heard something outside that we might need to go investigate oh lord (laughs) anyway y'all uh thanks for listening we're gonna get out of here later You have been listening to Code 0.5, the lighter side of police work. If you have ideas or suggestions for our show, we'd love to hear from you. Visit our website at Code05.co. That's Code05.co. And please consider making a donation at our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Code05. Be sure to use the digits 05. Thanks for listening to Code 0.5.